This is a journey into sound. A journey which along the way will bring to you new color, new dimension, new values. And a new experience. Welcome to this week's Artist of the Week on You Haven't Heard This Music Podcast. This week we have a group called Tiny Fighters. They've been interviewed by Wayne. I didn't take this interview, so you'll be listening to him talking to them, followed by their music. But before I get into that, just want to thank everybody out there that supports us on Patreon and through donations. It means a lot to us and it helps us a lot because we do have overheads. So yeah, if you want to continue to do that, the donations is paypal.me forward slash YHHTMPC or patreon.com forward slash YHHTMPC. You can find us on all the usual socials, Facebook and Twitter and the likes and Instagram and all the different places where you stream your stuff like YouTube and SoundCloud and Spotify. You'll find us on all of those places. But with no more further ado and delayance, this is Wayne's Conversation with Tiny Fighters. Uh, right, so we're here with Artist of the Week who is Tim from the band Tiny Fighter. How are you, mate? Yeah, good, thank you. Brilliant. Where are you in the world, Tim? I am currently in a very cold Stockholm. Oh, you said in Sweden. Why would it be cold? You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, look, I mean, I think if you're a local, that uh, give the impression that it's the apocalypse and this is the warmest winter they've had in 40 years, but it's still bloody cold, mate. We're unseasonably warm in England as well. We're, you know, it's not far from, from Sweden in the grand scheme of things here. So um, tell us all about Tiny Fighter, what you're about, what you do. Sure. Well, um, look, the band formed when um, I moved to Sweden from, from Melbourne in Australia. And um, it's been a couple of years since I'd, I'd played live. And, and uh, one of the good things about Sweden is everyone plays an instrument. I mean, they've got a, you know, a school system based around music production, live playing. And so it was pretty easy to find sort of fellow musos who also wanted to put a band together. And um, I ended up um, being connected with Therese Carlson, who's the, um, the singer. Um, and everything sort of fell into place, place from there where even though we're based in Sweden, we're, we're kind of, I guess, an international band for want of a better term i mean there's myself um therese and robin they're swedes but we also have jason who's from brighton he barracks liverpool but he's from brighton i'm not too sure what I'm sure how that works um and then there's asaf who's uh israeli so it's 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 quite a mix and um i guess we've been recording playing live for the probably about two two and a half um is now put a few singles out, um, a live EP from our tour a year or so ago in North America. We're just about to put out our sort of first proper album. It's taken a bloody long time to put together. 
But um, we're finally at that point after two and a half years of doing this and touring and playing around Europe and the States to um, put the record out, of which I think the um, this single is the first taste. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, your band is very eclectic in its um, in its nationalities. It doesn't really shine through in your music, though. I, I'm, I'm guessing that you've got somebody who leads the band in a certain direction. Is that yourself? Yeah, yeah. Look, that's that, that's that's a very good call. So generally, how it works is the songs are written almost exclusively between Therese and myself. Um, we started off as just a, a duo, and we when we wanted to push this live. I mean, you know, we can't play all the instruments ourselves. That's what we tend to do in the recording scenario. But, yes, we need a few more pairs of um, limbs. So the, the, larger, yeah, the larger version of the band is, is a product of that, of the live performance. I mean, the songs are still written with the two of us, but, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, and which is probably why you, you, you get sort of I mean, the band does sound a bit um, um, a bit eclectic, as you mentioned, but um, I think having two songwriters primarily probably means it's a little bit more focused. Yeah, yeah. The the sound that, that comes across. I've listened to uh, I listened to your EP from two thousand nineteen today, uh, as well as this uh, the song you're bringing um, or the song you're, you're pushing forward for the from the new EP, which is strangest thing. Is that right? Strangest things. Strange. Yeah, that, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Strange. Strangest thing. Strangest thing. I'm going Stranger Things, aren't I? That's what it is. <laughs> it's not Stranger Things. It's Strangest Thing. Is that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, you're, yeah. Not, you're not the only that's one. Don't thing. worry. <laughs> good. Good. I'm glad I'm not on my own. Um, yeah. So I was listening to today. I was listening. Uh, I'm going back through. I'm going back through. Uh, so yeah, I was listening to the uh, EP. Tell me today. And that's I'm absolutely in love with the uh, Katrina song from that. It's very it's a departure from the rest of your songs. You know if you know what I mean. The, the four songs I've listened to, three of the songs are very much sort of sort of early '90s indie sounding, and then you get this one which is very folky. You know, and it was it was a very left turn, and I loved it. It was it was like okay, so this band can do lots of different things. You know, is that does that come through a lot? Um, yeah, I mean, I think initially with the singles that we've recorded and released, it, it's very much, I mean, you're absolutely right, it's very much been straight in the rock guitars, but you know, my background originally is piano, and I think with the more recent set of recordings, particularly those that you'll hear on the upcoming album, there's a lot more piano. And I think, I think after... I guess deliberately targeting the more pop side of our songwriting with the EP and the earlier sing- the singles. Um, mm. I don't know. I think there was a desire there to to um, I, I guess expand the sound. I mean, um, and piano has always been an instrument I always go back to. I mean, I, I primarily write on the piano. It may end up on a guitar, but that's kind of the base. And I guess Katrina was our first. Um, I guess as a band exploration of a, a slightly different tack, but it, it probably won't seem so out of place um, once uh, you get to hear the the full album. As I said, there's lots of piano on that. Maybe not so much of the, the country vibe that Katrina encapsulates, but there's certainly a lot more of that instrumentation going on. Yeah, it's, it's the Katrina is it's such because it's such a it's such a left turn from what you were doing. It it totally threw me and and it put me in mind of it's got like an English folk vibe with 
a Nordic folk vibe, if you know what I mean. It's, it's got that lunging as well as the really nice earthy instrumentation thrown together. There's a lady from the Faroe Islands uh, called Ivor. Yeah, I don't know yeah. if you're familiar with yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. It put me in mind that the way you've recorded it and the way it sounds, it put me in mind of that. The song um, Strangest Thing, it's very straight rock and roll. You know, it's very uh, sort of straight indie rock. It sort of put me in mind of, of those 90s sort of indie bands. I, I noticed that you've been compared to people like No Doubt and Four Non Blondes and people like that. I was wondering if anybody's ever compared to, to Race to um, Chrissy Hine from The Pretenders. Um, only, only myself, funnily enough, Wayne. <laughs> I, I think she's got huge. I mean, like, it, it's a really good call. I mean, I mean, there's, there's. Um, it won't be the next single, but the single after that, it, it's, it's like a, almost like a flat out pretender song. I mean, she's, she's got a very. I think it's interesting with with Nordic singers. I mean, there is a little bit of an accent there, but her, her, um, I guess, go to vocal styling is a very classic almost. Um, you know, mm-hmm. Chrissy Hind, um, even Cheryl Crow. I mean, those those kind of things. I mean, she's a very very flexible vocalist, and I think having a deeper register perhaps sort of lends itself to that kind of '90s sort of um, rock vibe. But it's a great call because I mean, I've thought that from the day I met her it was was um, <laughs> she's got that Chrissy Hind kind of um, I don't know. It's, it's 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 a similar register. It's a similar delivery, I think. But uh, yeah, it's and and I, and I think. I hope that with with the new tracks coming out, it'll get to showcase the I guess diversity in her sort of lyrics and and um, and songwriting. But you know, the base of all this is a good, solid, you know, um, uh, sort of indie rock type of voice. So yeah, I think it's a really good call. Great. So tell me about the song. Um... Strangest, uh, so I'm going to get it right again. Strangest things. Strangest thing, yeah. Look, yeah, I, look, we keep calling it Stranger Thing as well. But this is a, it was just the <laughs> first that came out. Um, so, so this this one, uh, like most of our songs, generally what happens is I'll write the the instruments with no topic or um, you know suggestion of lyrical content whatsoever. I'm you know, there's a reason why I'm not a lyricist. I mean, it's it's all about the vibe. For me, Wayne, <laughs> not, not not about specific <laughs> lyrics. Uh, and so, so yeah, with, with with minimal guidance, which probably infuriates Therese no end. Um, I handed the song pretty much as you hear over to her. And um, the good thing about this song is it's it's one of those ones, which is probably why we we opted to go with it as the lead single off the album, even though there's quite a, a lot of different type of tracks on it. This is one that um, you know sort of came together. In like a couple of days, it's it, it's one of those no thought songs which um, just kind of you know, declares itself. And I think, in terms of the content, the lyrical content, um, this is I guess uh, a song about I guess two sides of a relationship. So one being the person in a relationship who might um, tolerate or not call out some of the poorer or bad behavior in a relationship because there are good elements of that relationship as well but to an outsider it might look crazy so it's 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 why why would you you tolerate his or her or whomever's um attitudes or behavior and you keep going back to this same type of person so i guess it's that 
tension between how one views their own relationship and how somebody on the outside may interpret or view the samples of relationship that they might see. Um, this is, of course, is all, all of, you know, I, I have no credit for, uh, for, the, for the content lyrically of this, Wayne, but, uh, <laughs> but broadly speaking, that's, that's um, what Therese is getting at. So you obviously go away and write all the music tour it and, and music for it and, and then do you, do you sit down together and just just hash it out till she gets an idea or do you record it and send it to her or is that how, how does the writing process go from there? It's so different how songs evolve depending upon the other person and, and typically it's it's been a pairing like I've always written with somebody else but generally we're quite separate so I would kind of record as I write. And so with Strangers Things, for example, the instruments at least that you can hear in, in the background is the version that I sent to Ray's before we even had any lyrics. And I think what we've found together after writing for the last two or so years is that songs work best. I mean, for us, they, they sound the best. The process is most efficient. If I effectively finish the song before I hand it over to Therese. Now, sometimes these will, I guess, morph a little bit um, as we record the vocals, but that's that's probably you know more the exception rather than than the rule. So, so generally, we, we find that I'll record it, and then we will do the vocals separately. And um, I mean, for us, that seems seems to to work best. But as I said, I mean, this has not always been the way I've written songs. It's just fortunately the way that works best for uh, the pair of us. And um, it, it also means that these things happen reasonably quickly. I mean, music's fairly torturous. It can take forever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, these, these are your babies. You don't, you don't want to rush them. But, but yeah, I, I look, generally we're fairly happy. We're particularly happy with the songs on the upcoming album. I think it's a really good representation of where we're at um, as songwriters um, at this point. And, you know, we couldn't have done this album two years ago. Uh, it probably would have been a lot more straightforward indie rock pop like the earlier singles were. And I think knowing each other and how we both operated over the past couple of years, it's probably let a bit more depth, a bit more substance to the, um, hopefully, to the songs. Well, sorry, worse, isn't it? You, 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 you gel together and then you start to know each other's idiosyncrasies so you can, you know, you can write faster, you can work faster together. And as you grow, you try different things. Don't you? It's, it's the way it's always worked when I've been in bands. So you mentioned the album. When's the album due? Are you releasing more singles from it and then releasing the album? Or are you just, is, the, is that the next step, releasing the album? Yeah, it's the former, so you've got to write the first time around. So we'll um, release the second single. Second single, um, it's called Perfect Game, which will come out on um, I think the first week of March. I believe it's March the seventh. Now this song is a lot more, lot more similar to Katrina. It's actually just a single piano, um, so it'd be quite different. Um, I guess superficially at least, to Strangers Things, but this is kind of deliberate. I mean, this idea of going for something, you know, poppy, what people, I guess, recognise as being Tiny Fighter, at least initially. Um, but then as a second sing- single, going for something which is actually quite different. It's very sort of minor key. It's just a piano. I'm actually shooting the video for this uh, on the weekend just past um, at a old 17th century castle just north of um, 
stock homes. That probably gives you a sense of the uh, the different vibe yeah. we're going for this. Yeah. And, and once that comes out, yeah, you're absolutely right. The the full album will be released on the 27th of March. So a couple of singles and then the album. It's a very traditional way of doing it. That doesn't, doesn't you know? It's worked for years, so why why change it? Yeah, look, we don't. I don't think we're popular enough to be too radical with our release schedule. <laughs> um, so yeah, look, we've, we've found in the past. I mean, it's, it's you know, if there was a science to this, then we'd all be millionaires. But like, um, you know, I, I think you, you try and give these songs and the album the best chance. But at the end of the day, if one more person's besides ourselves listen to this and enjoy it and for that for us that's a victory i mean of course a hundred or a thousand is even better but you know the difference between this band and other bands i've i've played in is that we really i guess just try to just play and write what we like and i think that's what the album what album sounds like so rather than go chasing a trend and and you, you never win out of that i think playing what you like I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a funny one way, and you find that people respond to it. And I think they respond to it because they probably interpret it as being more genuinely you and your taste and your style and, and so forth. So, yeah, so that, that's the plan, at least, anyway. So once it's all out and about and it's all out and you've released your darlings into the world, is it a plan to then tour it and, you know, get as many gigs under your belt as you can with new material? Yeah, it, it, Exactly. I mean, there's still no substitute for live performance. Um, I mean, you could have the best record in the world, however that's defined, but you know, no, one, no one will ever bother listening to it unless you you put yourself out there. And so, so um, um, we're likely back in North America, so East Coast primarily, and Canada in May. Um, and uh, we always enjoy uh, North America. I think. Is a audiences are very different, um, and probably to be fair, a lot more receptive than say Scandinavia, which is um, you know, for certain genres a lot more reserved. It's a bit more of a hard sell, and that's that's probably a small country thing um, to a degree. And so, so strangely enough, most of our touring is not not in our home country. We continental Europe, uh, UK of course, and um, and and the states. But uh, we'd like to play more in. In, in Scandinavia, but um, there's there's just not the the market for it. So yeah, so definitely once once the record is fully out, um, it's it's touring time, and like anywhere in Europe, you, you generally tend to target the, the summer festival circuit. So that that's um, that's where we'll be headed in a couple of months. So yeah, that sounds brilliant. So that's that's your year then. That's uh, release the album and tour it and get it out there. Um, well, finish off with a few um, silly little questions that, that we uh, that we always do. So we'll do some first and last, right? So this will be the first of yep. something or the last of something or, or in between at some some point. So we'll start with uh, the first band you played in. Oh God! Um, <laughs> there was a band. It was a. It was a band called. It was in high school. It was a band called the Cardinals because we were all deeply into mathematics. We're like mathematic nerds, and I think we must have been studying cardinal numbers at the time. Uh, it's not very rock, Wayne. Um, I think we played <laughs> one show at our school, and then artistic differences. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> um, the last instrument you played. Um, oof, um, 
my last instrument is was actually probably a banjo. Um, it's I, I brought only a very few instruments over when I moved from Australia to Sweden, but uh, for some reason I, I think I had delusions of grandeur that I could actually learn how to play the banjo because you know I played a guitar, but no, they're completely different instruments, so I gave it up. Yeah, that's the way it works, isn't it? Yeah, um, we'll go with the first time in a studio. Ooh, um, that was back in Melbourne. Um, probably my, f- probably, ooh, I can't even remember what year it was, but I do distinctly remember that um, my fellow guitarist, who I was in many bands with, and uh, one of my closest songwriting partners, my fellow band member, and the first day in the studio, like, the only way he could play without making mistakes and remain calm is by taking all his clothes off. So we do have this... <laughs> Well, no, it, 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 sounds, it sounds kind of silly, but, it, it, you know, the way he sort of rationalised it, it made perfect sense at the time, and, and he actually played very well once he got his gear off. So um, um, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't some variety of sexual funk band. It's just that, you know, he just found it the less clothes he had on, the less mistakes he made, and I think that's a principle he took into a, into a wider society with him, for better or worse. Wow. Brilliant. Okay. I was not expecting that. Um, okay. The last lyric that gave you an emotion. Oh, um, that's, that's, a, that's a really good, really good question. Um, I think, I think, look, I think what it would be would be um, a song by, I think she's English, um, Jessica Curry. She generally does soundtracks for computer games. Uh, which, you know, I'm, I'm a huge soundtrack fan and have recently uh, just discovered how much richness there is in not, not movie soundtracks, but literally like computer game soundtracks. And I think Jessica's done games like um, uh, Dear Esther and Everybody's Gone to the Rapture. But I was listening to a song just this morning called um, So Let Us Melt by Jessica Curry, which is effectively just a choir. Um, and some electronics and it's for me it's always that combination of the lyric and the the music I mean I grew up with soundtracks and so I you know lyrics alone don't do it for me but when you when you juxtapose or contrast that lyric against say a choir or a a string quartet or you know 10 metal guitars that's when the effect and the emotion comes so yeah so I'd highly recommend anything by Jessica Curry if you if you like your emotive lyrics and music. I will check her out. I've, I've got about twenty different uh, people to check out from doing these interviews. People keep throwing things at me. Oh, I've never heard this, but I listen to it. So yeah, I'll, yeah I'll you keep asking. That's the problem, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got to stop asking. I'm like, that's it. Uh, we will go with the last gig you went to. Um. Last show I went to, let me think, was yes, it was um, excellent. Um, kind of metal blues band from Gothenburg on the west coast of Sweden called Graveyard. That is one thing Sweden does well. It's it's metal, and Stockholm, you know, this is the spiritual home of of death metal, and I love metal. I mean, um, Therese hates metal, but I love it. You know, there's there's nothing better than yeah, and, and, you know, maybe they would disagree with the metal term because um, there is definitely a kind of a bluesy Black Keys element there. But Graveyard, a venue called Circus in, in Stockholm, which is this sort of circular, round, amazing sound. 
um, venue. But uh, you know, I think if you're ever in Sweden, you have to get to a to a metal gig. So it was a graveyard for me, but it could be anyone. There's, there's some excellent metal all over uh, Sweden. Yeah, you you say in Swedish uh, metal bands. I'm currently sat in an Amon Amath T-shirt. Ah, oh, nice. Yes, I, I absolutely love Amon Amath. Uh, so yeah, we got one last question for you. All right, this is uh, this is a good one. Sure. If you could replace one musician and their part in a song, what part would it be, and what song? Is this any? Is this a song of ours or any song? Any song. So any song in history, and you could. So uh, I always use like um, "We Will Rock You." By Queen, you could do Roger Taylor's drums a bit, but they'd be credited to you, not to Roger Taylor. What what song would you want to step in and go claim all the glory for it? Yeah, <laughs> that is an excellent question. I, I know the answer. I was listening to this about an hour ago, but um, for me, it would be Kirk Hammett's opening sequence in Blackened by Metallica. Um, this sort of you know eerie, creeping to soaring, you know, octaver. Guitar, yeah. I mean, I could never do it. I'm just, it's probably jealousy more than anything else. But yeah, the intro to Blackened by Metallica. I'll take Kirk Hammett's line any day of the week. Which one's Blackened from? I'm quite, I'm quite up on Metallica. I don't, I don't think I've... It's the first song off um, "And Justice for All." Oh, it's the album I don't like. <laughs> it's a funny one, man. It's such a polarizing album. I mean, I mean, I love it, and it's. You know, I mean, I love Master of Puppets as well, don't get me wrong, but it's, you know, for, for all its criticism, um, the recording, you can't hear the bass, the sort of, you know, the upfront drums, I don't know, I I go back to it all the time. So, um, but I think, it, I think that's a true existentialist Metallica crisis, never be resolved. It's one of those albums for me where, if you listen to them in sequence, it does sit out of of the Metallica zone because they're like eight minute songs, aren't they? It's well, they're, they're about six and a half to eight minutes long, aren't they? All the songs, yeah, they go, they? they go forever, yeah, yeah. And you know, it's a departure from Kill 'Em All and Ride the Lightning. But yeah, I will I'll give Black in the listen. It's been a long time since <laughs> I listened to Injustice for All, so so maybe I've um, maybe I've, I've, I've I'll have grown to like it now now in my older years. <laughs> Yeah, it's, yeah. It's kind of been, in your, in your yeah. experience, Wayne. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's got exactly in my experience. It's got to be twenty years since I listened to Injustice for All. To be honest, it's not one that no, I always but... go back to. Nice. It's a, it's a, that's a very good answer. Um, right, so we've come to the end then, Tim. Um, thanks very much for joining us, uh, an artist of the week, and we're going to play your song now, "Strangest Things." So, if our listeners want to find you, where's the best place to find Tiny Fighter? Look, we've got a website, mate, but people don't look at it. So I'd suggest go to Instagram or Twitter or Facebook. Um, one of those three is probably the place where you get the most up-to-date info. Um, so, yeah, that's your first port of call. Yes, but even even I, you, you know, you look at bands and stuff. If I want to see if they're playing, I look at Spotify. You know, yeah, exactly. websites seem to, yeah, all social media, websites seems to be the last place you go now unless you want to buy tickets or merchandise or something like that so right uh, Tim from Tiny Fighter brilliant mate thank you very much for your time thank you Wayne cheers